Tar.com podcast. This is episode 56. Whistle, and I'll come to you. My life. You can check out our website, www.goldenatar.com. Or stay tuned after the podcast for info and show notes. I'm Matt. This is Andrew. That was me. You can, you can, he was motioning to me. You couldn't see that, but you can hear me now. It's the famous um, one of these. Yeah, one of those. This week we watched uh, Whistle, and I'll come to you. My we lad. Watched the 1968 one. And the, ni- the 2002 one, breaking our... Rule. No, I feel like this... Our one rule. <laughs> I feel like this does not break our one rule, because okay. they're done as comparative pieces. Yeah, we're really... We, we were, we're, we're, we're talking about the 1968 one, but we wanted to watch the 2002 one, because the 1968 one is very short, Yeah, and uh, we wanted the sort of second perspective, and we wanted some meat. We wanted to put some meat on the bones. We're just used to sitting around for like three hours watching a movie. Yeah, we were like, well, it's only been 45 minutes, so <laughs> let's just watch it. We started to watch a talking cat, but Andrew got <laughs> a talking cat. Andrew got too horny, and we had to stop. No, 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 no! Please don't misrepresent me. I didn't get horny enough. <laughs> oh, is it? well, we only got like ten minutes. Into it. Anyway, like I said, no dicks, no dicks, no deal. That's my rule. You get to the cat's butthole, though. No dick, no deal. Fritz only, baby. So, as I said, the whistle I'll come to you is a my lad. Of a story whistle I'll come to you, my lad. The BBC adaptation yes. adapted from a Mr. James story called "A Whistle and I'll Come to You." My lad, my lad, by Mr. James. It's an Mr. James story by Mr. James, named after the the Scottish folk song. Yeah, Robert Burns. Did it Robert Burns? I believe so. yes. Yeah. Whisper and I'll come to you, my lad. Um. Mm. So uh, I have I. It's similar to uh, Night of the Demon. I, I read. I'm pretty sure the original story. Oh, Whisper and I'll Come to You, My Lad? Yeah, the Mr. James story. Because I read a whole collection of stories, and I'm pretty sure I just had, like, the, the six most famous stories in it or whatever. Yeah. And we've watched, I believe, I believe this and Casting the Runes, which was the subject of The Night of the Demon. Yeah. Episode, we were, are, like, his two most famous stories. I know there's one other one that's really famous, at least, um, which I'm blanking on the name of. Ghost also. Party. And... Um, the Wind in the Willows. But I just, for whatever reason, have no memory of reading that. So I'm actually, I looked at, it's at my local library. I just have to scrounge up $2.15 for uh, <laughs> the fees. I'm going to pay my back fees and I'm going to zip on down there. Did it say what you kept too long? Do I want to say what I kept too long? Yeah. Um, so I kept, uh, okay, I'm blanking on the name of the movie. I'm going to go describe it. Maybe you'll remember what it's okay, called. Okay, okay. Uh, it's got Melissa McCarthy. Um, Bridesmaids. Nope. Uh, it's this, got Richard E. Grant. The Spy One. She, Happy Town Murders. Maybe she'll let me get a second. She she does the forgeries. Yes, she does the book forgeries. I forget what it's called. Okay, right it's that one. It was good. I liked it a lot. Richard Grant was great, and Melissa McCarthy was great. And highly recommended. Don't remember the name, but I apologize. I wait, don't either. Wait. No, it's not. Sorry to bother you. No, that's a very different movie. Yeah, it's something like. I like that. Sorry to bother you. Can you ever forgive me or something like that? Yeah. Um, have you ever seen Sorry to Bother You? I have not. It's a very good movie. Yeah, I want to watch it, um, but I haven't watched it yet. I think it's available for on streaming services now. It's on Hulu. I saw it the other. Sure. Yeah, I did too. That's where I saw it. That's where I saw it. I don't name him. I don't give him the fucking satisfaction though. Um, all right, Andrew. Yeah, what's up? You describe uh, the 1968 adaptation of. Okay, so yeah, so uh, a weird, a weird mumbly old man goes to a hotel. He's greeted by an exasperated bell keep bellhop. He wanders on the beach a lot, finds a whistle, blows it. A ghost harasses him. Then a guy 
protection from the ghost at the end. Who's messing around with the bed sheets? Wow, that was an incredible description. Do you want to do the 2002 one while we're on the roll? Yeah. An old man's wife has fallen into the the thralls of movie neurological problems. He goes to a hotel in the middle of nowhere. He finds a ring. And then a ghost starts banging on his door and harassing him. And then he dies or something. And then his wife disappears. Or dies. Or was never there. Also, she she's the ghost. And there's no bed sheets involved. So, uh, I think a good way to start would be to talk about some of the differences between these two. Can I just say, up front... Get this out of the way. I fucking love the 1968 version. It was really <laughs> that movie rules. Extended sequences where they were just like a British guy noising at each other. Like, yeah, they were just, he was just mumbling and eating eggs. They were just like doing that. Like there was there was like, so much ambient noise in that movie. Uh, the you know it was it, uh, apparently it was filmed as uh, part of this BBC Arts series called Omnibus. Yeah, like a, mostly a documentary series. So this is an unusual, dramatic... Um, yeah, so like like one of the first scenes is like the exasperated bellhop who's like an overweight man and he's just like, he's like, bathroom, bathroom, so I have to go into the breakfast at 8 o'clock and then... And the other guy's like, bathroom. You might think that the noise you just made was some kind of exaggeration. <laughs> It is not. It is extremely close to what the movie did. That, that shot is also in a mirror. I was I was looking at Andrew with a mix. Like, I kept having to look at the screen and look at Andrew with a mix of, like, delight was one of the emotions. Uh, confusion. Definitely delight and confusion. Confused delight. I feel like my face was in a state of constant delight watching this. I mean, even all that said, there was a lot of silly parts to this movie. I thought it did a good job of... I think they both did, but I think this one did a good job of capturing the feeling that... I mean, has this ever happened to you where you hear a noise or something in the middle of the night and you wake up, but you're not like... For whatever reason, in that state of mind, you're not ready to investigate? Yeah. You're just like, you're just like I'm just going to go back to sleep. And the noise will go away. All the problems will go away. Everything's going to go right, away. Right, right. And I think both these stories... Capture that feeling yeah. of like unease and the dread of the night. Um, I liked the nine sixty eight one was so lean. I, I will say, I want to say, I want to put it up here. In that first scene, maybe it felt a little silly, but like after I got like it was clearly what that movie was doing, and I was bought in. I don't think the nineteen sixty eight version was silly. No, no. I think it's like if you're bought. I mean, I think you could read it as silly. But I think like if you're bought into like what its tone is, I think it's just like he's a we like he's an eccentric. Like, it's it's like a bizarre, bizarrely directed, bizarre movie. Like it's very non, I guess non conventional. I guess I guess it the th- it only feels silly probably if you're looking at it through like the lens of like a modern movie, right? Or or, or even like the 2002 version. Yeah, which is I consider it to be a modern. Movie. It's it's very straightforward. This one is like there's a lot of dialogue, a lot of it inaudible. Yeah, and it's 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 very like uh, it's all it is almost very documentarian, I guess. Yeah, the way that life is just filmed. Like it reminds me of uh, 
God, I'm blanking on the guy's name. Robert Wiseman, maybe? The guy who makes those documentaries that are like six hours long. Oh, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. It, like, yeah, it's very meandering. There's a lot of like him walking on the beach, but with no real threat or like. It's just a lot of traveling. Mm-hmm. But I think that also adds to the ghost story element because I liked. I like ghosts. That, do you have his. There, you don't have it. I was going to say there was that five rules that I like. Oh, the MR James. Yeah, the MR James rules, which I was reading earlier, which like, yeah, actually, I like all of those within Ghost Stories. I think they're all pretty good. The rules of folklore. The uh, the ghosts. Well, I think his like his rules were specifically about ghost stories, or like someone some like created some summation of his rules. It was probably like laid out in a longer, more you know complicated like critique or essay on the subject. And then I didn't believe a scholar kind of summed it up. It's just on, if you look on Emma James' Wikipedia page, it's just there. Okay. I like, I like ghost stories that are very personal. And there's, like, there's, in a sense, I like ghost stories where there's where whether there are such things as ghosts is ambiguous, mm-hmm. and it's more a person dealing with their own sort of like personal paranoias or anxieties or demons or what have you. Do you want me to read the rules? Yes. So, uh, a characterful setting in an English village. You said to have no, no, that's not it. Okay. Yeah, no, there was five of them. It might have been just on. It might have been on the ghost stories page. Sorry, there's a page for you. There's a page for just ghost stories. Yeah, they're there. No, 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 no. Yeah, see, you're in Mr. James ghost stories. You just want plain old ghost stories. Because it'll have the it has the painting of the MRJ the illustration of the MRJ of this story on it. Okay, uh, the pretense of truth, a pleasing terror, terror. No gratuitous bloodshed or sex. No explanation of the machinery. Setting those of the writers and readers' own day. Yeah, it all makes sense. I, I think the only one I don't. Um, I think the last rule is not quite as um, uh, important as the other rules. Right. For, for what I like about ghost stories. If that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, like, it, I don't think it necessarily matters if it was set in World War II or... What do you mean? Like, why a story doesn't have to be set. For me, a ghost story, having all those other things, would be equally as well as if it was... Set not in my own time. Oh yes, right, right. Okay, I think when I first read that, like my mind just made the character like my rule. Which when I when I speed read it and I misinterpreted that rule, mm-hmm. in my mind that rule is within the character's own day. Like it's not in, oh. like in the way like in these like in this story, it's a character's on a vacation, so it's occurring within the the happenstance of a, what for him would be a rather routine oh, day. I would, yeah. I would supplant my own rule in that space. Like, ghost stories encroach on the mundane. Yeah, that makes sense. 
because a lot of them are are founded in like the bump in the night sorts of sounds that happen in your average house. They're the abnormal. It reminds me of a lot about like the personal about personal shopper. Mm, I never never seen it. I like it a lot. Yeah, I, I, it's on my list to watch. I just never finished it. Yeah. So the, the to go back to circle all the way back, mm-hmm. the difference between the two. Yeah. Just about there. Uh, the definitely the difference. One of the main differences is this. Uh, they pumped a lot more um, plot, plot and character into the into the two thousand two one. Yeah. Um, you know, I think John Hurt's great in it. I think all the acting is great in it. Uh, but I do think that. Like I, you know, having the 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 uh, senile wife be uh, a ghost, the ghost at the end. Yeah, it was. It was just. It sort of loses something of the spirit of the original. The more, I guess, explicit it is. The machines of the ghost. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I still think. I mean, they left the. They left the specifics, I think, pretty vague. You know, like what he yeah. had a ring, and then he saw a white figure, a figure in a sheet, and then he, then he ran through the dunes, and then his, his wife, or was he haunted by a vision of his wife? What was that? You know, like, all that stuff's kind of, like, still unclear, but I think it was more that, like, in the 1968 one, there's nothing. Like, there's literally, he's scared of literally some flapping sheets. Right. He, he blows a whistle, and it freaks him out. He just, it's, it could entirely be in his mind. It, it might not, you know. The 2002 one is just much more explicit about there being something there. Although it could also still be in the character's mind. Yeah. Because um, he's clearly thinking a lot about his wife. Yeah. He's clearly, he's clearly, yeah. And there's some, there there's like some scenes that are similar. Like when he's, like the, the talk about ghosts and the idea of the personality leaving the body. Yeah. Very different scenes though. Yeah, very different. The, the first one is phrased, I think, to highlight um, the character's arrogance. Yeah. The character's um, sort of... I mean, both are portrayed as, like, uh, inveterate rationalists. Right. But the first one is um, more arrogant in it. Unless there's no... Because they don't have the pathos of the uh, wife character right he's just like the absurd the musing on the absurdity that ghosts could be real there's no sympathy yeah you don't feel any sympathy that cuts the uh sort of he just sort of disembowels his uh the intellectual argument of the guy at the breakfast who suggests it could be a ghost around and he just chuckles and eats his fish yeah he, he uh he chuckles smuggling to himself a few times yeah he, yeah well he's if you remember he's still laughing about his uh he inverts the as an Edgar Allan Poe that quote, that quote from, but it's like uh, there are more things uh, in heaven and earth that I dreamed of in your philosophy. Yeah. Oh, it's from, it's from Shakespeare, actually. And there's more things in our philosophy that I dreamed of in your heaven and earth. Can he he just... it and he laughs to himself. And he's like, there's <laughs> a scene later from still saying that laughing to himself, which is very uh, emblematic of the way this movie, the first first movie, first TV show, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Is. He's very self-satisfied. He's very, he's very like he's he's not driven by he's driven more by like curiosity and maybe like skepticism than any kind of like strong pathos and emotional resonance. He just kind of like 
I found a weird bone in a Templar grave, and I blew the whistle. Yeah, I wonder why they got rid of the whistle on the. On the I think it's just to create the connection to the wife, because he finds oh, a he finds like a wedding band. That makes sense. I mean, he keep saying 2002. It was actually 2010. Oh. I apologize. And we know that because originally the math was 32 years or 34 years. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Oh no no wait no because we we said in two thousand two because that would make the math thirty four years. So so we've been saying two thousand two this whole time. Yeah okay so it was it's really uh thirty two plus eight. Yeah. Forty years? No, yeah. that's not right. Thirty eight <laughs> <laughs> uh, years. Um, wait, you say sixty eight from from sixty eight to twenty ten is thirty eight years. It's for 42 years. 42 years. Yeah. Okay. 42 years. <laughs> Trust me on this. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, I guess my verdict would be I prefer the first one. If we're just stacking them up against each other, if I mean, if we need, if that's something you need to do. If you something you need to do, that's unfair because I liked the first one infinitely more than the second one. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, the second one is like, remember, many many years ago, we watched of Gods and Monsters. Mm-hmm. The instruction is very similar, like, oh, well performed, but n- that's it. Nothing of it sticks with me otherwise. A well-performed film with no consequence. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. Gods and Monsters, very well-acted movie. Uh, my favorite part of that movie was the part where they showed a bit from Bride of Frankenstein. Right. So, <laughs> very well-acted, very forgettable. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just... It, I don't, but I don't think you'll be forgetting the first one. No, it's like... It's, it's clearly like its own bizarre vibe, and it's... So it feels so removed from modern tech, modern techniques, but like you know, I we I talk about this occasionally where things old things because they're so removed from what we feel modern feel fresh, just because they feel sometimes unrestrained by convention, or maybe it was just weird in its time too. But it's a. Uh, it's just a delight to watch. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> he's such embodies this, just this strange. Like John Hurt acts well, but he he's well acted in a character that I understand. Yeah. Like in an archetype I'm very familiar with. Right. 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 Yeah, there's not. It's not a uh, surprising. There's nothing surprising about that performance, really. No. Yeah. It's, it's just very, very just by the numbers. Like not in a bad way, but it's, it's by the numbers in the sense that he's playing a sad older man. Yeah, exactly. Not this eccentric mumbling. Yeah, the other performance is so weird, and also, but but equally believable. Maybe yeah, more believable because it's so weird. It's like it's not like he he's very in character. He's very like this. He's not like he's he's. He feels so divorced from the rest of the world. I mean, the, both characters are like clearly the central character feels divorced from the people around him. Mm-hmm. And I think also the first film does a very good job of like cinematically portraying this. Like, 
when they're like when he's on his own table, he like feels very far away from everyone else, and he's you know when he's talking to people, they're on opposite ends of the room. Yeah, right, right. Well, they that's just that's just the sort of thing that's uh, like especially I think television has has struggled with in a lot of ways. And in general, just I think movies. The, it's not true of all things, but there's more and more. There's the movies are more explicit about telling you things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. There's they they feel like some obligation to tell, not to just show. Also, this movie did this one did explicitly tell you the themes of the film before starting. That's true. I guess yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's like a documentary narration at the beginning. Yeah. Explicitly said this is what this is about. But yeah, I feel like you could you could excise that and it would still get all of the stuff. From yeah, it. it just. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's fair enough. That's fair enough. It did include her at the start, but I did. Scratch what I said. But I did like he just man. I love that guy eating his egg. <laughs> like he's he's eating. Like he's he's eating and mumbling at the same time while holding a conversation. There's a ton of mouth noises in the first one. Like mouth eating noises. Yeah. Man, I just it's on YouTube. I recommend everybody watch it. Yeah. This old BBC. Yeah. Documentary series from the sixties, and the other one's on Amazon Prime. If you can't find it on, on uh... find on use it on Amazon Prime. I would say use the um, legal routes. Yeah, most yeah. most preferred routes. Yeah, we want everyone to get their money and everything. Yeah, yeah. I, sure. I was gonna say John Hurt and John Hurt can't get paid anymore. John Hurt can't get paid anymore. I be John Hurt. Yeah, pay, getting paid in heaven. Rest in payment. Um. Resting payment. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. So, speaking of resting in peace, uh-huh. I got a, a quick telegram from our our friend Professor Willywood. The, the Professor Wigglewood. Willywood. I don't know who this is. Never heard of this. Did I? The professor of mammalogy. Never heard of it. He sends us letters every week, every month. I don't know what that means. He's you know. Sounds like a real eccentric. He's kind of eccentric. Does he ever take holidays on the coast? I'm not that I know of, but he doesn't tell me about his personal life. We only know about his business. You know, he's just, you know, remember he was discovering new, breaking new ground, discovering new mummies. I think he never finds anything ominous on the mummies, like in the manner of a warning. Um, last I heard, you, there was something about interns getting sick. Oh, from mummyitis? I'm not sure. It was unclear. It must be serious because this time, instead of his lengthy handwritten letter he usually sends us, he just sends us a speedy telegram. And on the telegram, it says, um, so, Matt, you're a man who likes to furnish your home. It's true. I also have furniture in it. With, but with like pieces of art as well. And different kinds of like, you know, knickknacks, bric-a-bracks. Patty racks. All around the house. Some of the ducks have you on bones. <laughs> they do. What if I told what if I told you that we had a new offer of brand new works of art? I wouldn't believe you. Well, let me tell you. Is there these full news of Frankenstein's monster? They could be. Excellent. Because what these are are these are Eyes on You brand paintings and sculptures. Whose brand? Eyes on You. So let me. Let me I'm, you look like you look confused. So let me tell you what it is. Do I get a Do I get a Frankenstein dog or not? <laughs> You get Frankenstein's dong, but the Frankenstein's delivered by eyes on you. Are these are you know how in films people often cut little eye holes through paintings and watch people? 
all the time. I was just watching a movie the other day. And, and they'll be like, they're watching me. Well, using new... No, wait. That was a Scooby-Doo. I was never so Scooby-Doo. <laughs> it's Scooby... Yeah, it literally never happened in a movie. Yeah, well, Scooby-Doo is kind of like its own form of cinema. It's true. There are Scooby-Doo movies. There's... What was it? What were Aristotle's? It was, it was like comedy, tragedy, and Scooby-Doo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's the third mask. Yeah. It's the one of the dog. In the name of the rose, Aristotle's missing book is comedy, also Scooby-Doo. That's what they're trying to find. Yeah. Most people usually don't bring that because they just think it looks weird. It's been lost to history. But there's typically three masks. Happy, sad, dog-eating sandwich. But what I'm trying to tell you is if we can stay on topic. Cause we've... Do they have sandwiches in ancient Greece? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Do they have bread in ancient Greece? Probably. Then Do they push it between it? <laughs> I, I'm sorry to undermine your. I'm just. I'm just trying to buy an eight-year product. <laughs> what was the question, Andrew? What are we talking about here? If we can get back to the copy, we're talking about eyes on you paintings. So, using new paint shifting technology, or in this, or in some, or in the paint, paint, or in the case of busts, stone shifting technology, they create paintings and busts whose eyes follow you around the room. So your Frankenstein dong, you get your Frankenstein's monster. He's got a big old dong. And then every time you look at Frankenstein, he's looking right back at you. Oh, cool. <laughs> Never. Cool. <laughs> Maintaining eye contact. <laughs> That's fair. It works. The same works with bus, too. It'll probably help, actually. One would hope. Yeah. Sometimes you need every help you can get. You ain't kidding. Especially as we all get on in years, you know? Yeah. We're not getting that big, the big dick money yet. Professor Willie would uh, always comes through in the end, though. He always comes through in the end. Keeps his eyes on you. So if you go to eyes on you forward slash golden age, you can get your very first painting, $20 off, and free shipping. I don't know if this one would be taken. This seems like a common, this seems like a URL that would be taken. <laughs> you can to a jewelry website. Yeah. Well, you fuck. <laughs> You're killing me, buddy. Listen, it's what the ad copy says. Maybe they meant to buy it. Maybe. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll oh, wait. Oh, wait. Never mind. Let me see. This is, this is an addendum down at the bottom. Um, it's eyesonyou.biz. Sorry about that. That should be the correct addendum. Otherwise, I need to start sending some emails to some yeah, people. Okay, so there we go. Sorry. Yes, the, the addendum is correct. It's actually eyesonyou.biz. I missed a second email here that he sent after the telegram. Actually, I don't know why he doesn't send emails all the time and why he insists on sending paper mail. He's but old-fashioned. Some, yeah, some men are just old-fashioned. Some men just want to watch the world burn. Yeah. Some men just want to stare Frankenstein in the eyes. It's true. So if you go... You know I thought I'm standing right across from one. So if you go to eyesonyou.biz forward slash golden age, you can get $20 off your first painting plus free shipping. Eyesonyou.xyz. Let me see. Let me just send a few emails real quick. Would be fine. 
Yes, they say eyesonyou.club also works. And XYZ. It says they have both of those available. So if you would prefer, also go to eyesonyou.club slash golden age. $20 off your first painting plus free shipping to anywhere within the continental United States or Canada or Mexico. But beyond that, you might have to pay a little extra on shipping. But these are also custom busts and or paintings available to you at eyesonyous.club forward slash golden age. Now, Matthew. What's up, dude? We're talking about these movies here. Yeah, we sure are. Whistle and I'll come to you. Mm-hmm. We're talking about how they're the same. How they're different. How they're different. Okay. Which one we like more? Mm-hmm. Which one we like less? In fact, one might even suggest we've already talked about all that stuff. Yes. And we don't have much else to say about Whistle and I'll come to you. No. I feel like it's pretty um, wrapped up. We would say we're out of full car. Would you say ghost stories are the same? Or occasionally... Would you say uh, yes, would you say far. would you say in a Venn diagram the two occasionally overlap but are not the same circle? I think that's a that's a great way to put it. I would say this is not really a work of folk horror. I would say this follows very squarely as a ghost story. Should we need to genreify and classify these that works? Are you are you are you pulling up the rules? Pulling up the rules. Pulling up the rules. What is folk horror? What is folk horror? Doesn't involve see, devils. Doesn't involve devils. Gotta have my devils in my uh, folk so, horror. According to uh, our rules that are from a book by Adam Scoville. Yes. Uh, a work that uses folklore, either aesthetically or thematically, to imbue itself with a sense of the arcane for airy, uncanny, or horrific purposes. I mean, the first one very lightly, if at all, really. A work that presents a clash between such arcania and its presence within close proximity to some kind of modernity. I would say that applies more often. It's very much like men of science versus men of versus idea of the arcane. Well, the first one, the second one, not as much. A work which creates through its own folklore, which creates its own folklore through various forms of popular conscious memory, even when it's young in comparison, more typical folklore and antiquarian artifacts. The same I say not especially. I do think the first two completely the first two rules completely apply to the first adaptation. And that the folklore is like ghost stories in general and also yeah. the finding of the whistle. Yeah. yeah. And then the the work that presents a clash and then obviously you just said explained very well, neatly <laughs> the uh, clash between Arcania and modernity in the sense that uh, There's a whole scene about it. Yeah. He's a rationalist and the whole idea of ghosts is laughable to him. Yeah. He summoned one. So. He'd rather use eggs. Yeah. Who that guy's got a good mustache, though, the guy he's debating. Yeah, he does, yeah. It's not much of a debate either. He just shreds the guy. Yeah. This guy's not prepared for it. <laughs> no, <laughs> this guy's full of eggs. So, I would just be glad that this first guy doesn't have the internet because um, it would be insufferable. Um, can I, how, how's this idea for a t-shirt? I'm full of eggs. You must debate. It's a great idea for a t-shirt. <laughs> and it's got one of those little, it's got a hard-boiled egg in one of those little cups. Egg cup. A cup. Yeah. But it's got a, like a little spoon sticking out of it with a little bite taken out. You'll f- find it on our website, goldenagehard.com slash store. I'm full of eggs, you must debate. Yeah, check it out. Maybe it'll be there. Who knows? <laughs> uh, if not, just, just subscribe, subscribe to our email list. I guess. Yeah, just subscribe to our email list and just email blast us and tell us all about it. Hey, you want this thing? Um, that's not how email lists work. We'll find. more of the other way. We'll send us, send, send, no, send us to our, send our emails. Request for this v- t-shirt. Should go to 
Schneider's house. Just go right no, to Schneider's house. No, no. <laughs> Should I have this T-shirt? Bang, um, bang on my door a lot. Yeah, wait till the middle of the night and bang on the door. He's going to be real scared and stuff. He might tell you to stop. Just ignore him. Just keep banging on his yeah. door. Yeah, so can we... I guess that's the one major thing that we did not talk about. Yeah, what's that? Was in the, the portrayal of the ghost in the two works. was very different. Yeah, in that there was a ghost in the second one? Yeah. Like, explicitly? Right. Right. Yeah, I think we sort of touched on it, but in the second... The first one, there's nothing he's scared of just some sheets rattling around right and and they both have the kind of like sheeted figure on the beach though arguably when the first figure when the first man sees the sheeted figure it is like in his dreams in his dreams explicitly yeah i guess and they both clicked lights off and on a couple times yeah um but yeah it's like he sees sheets moving but it's also in the dark and it could there easily be wind of blowing been blowing around the 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 second one the first one the second one, rather, has yeah. a lot more, more, more um, haunted house vibes to it. Yeah, like... It's a lot more Amityville horror. An extended scene of someone rattling at a door. Mm. And sucking a pillow under the door. Yeah, it was delicious. Pillows are delicious. Suck them up, suck them up, suck them up. Good, good. I feel like that's just worth mentioning. It is worth, it is worth mentioning. It just drives home the point of the differences between the two, I think. Um, so... Anything horror themed to recommend that you've seen in the past um, couple weeks? Well, before we do that, we should end up with um, our favorite segment that we do every week. Uh, okay, sure. You're not used. No, I, no, I totally yeah. love this segment. Yeah. So okay. Okay. So this this one is. I mean, it's a short segment, but we do it every week. Mm-hmm. It's called week, whether or not we're recording a podcast. Sixty nine horror songs. Okay. In which I have been going through the sixty nine love songs and giving my horror spin on them. The sixty nine love songs being. Name all 69 in order, please. Hold on, I'm trying. Hold on. <laughs> Abracadabra. Oh, you screwed up. You couldn't even get the first one. Buzz. Buzzy noises. <laughs> My heart makes buzzy noises. <laughs> Cunt. <laughs> wow, dude. You were close, though. <laughs> Cuckoo. Uh, I wasn't really trying to name anything. Yeah, I know. Did you tell? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, we, I was you, being dismissive of the thing that you liked. Anyway. You're starting at the beginning of the alphabet. Yeah. Yeah, I could tell. Because there's 69 letters in the alphabet. Yes, famously. Just one for each of the 69 letters. You see, after a... Um, well, it's 25 letters, right? And then nine numbers? Yeah. Yeah. Digits, we call them. Or nine numbers, then pi. Yes. Yeah. You see, my the something I learned a couple of years ago is just that... Um, just ignore when people are blanketly dismissive of things you enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot easier way to live your life. Go on. So this this episode's song is the death. Nope. Is the death the death of Frankenstein the monster? <laughs> okay. That's it. I don't have a I don't have a weird Al version of it. It's right there. I've just been doing titles. I know it's right there, but I've just been doing titles. <laughs> we I mean you, you egg me on every month to like do to yankify it and everything. But I just don't have the musical chops to come up with all this stuff. That's, that's milking the milking the joke. So all I get is yeah, you just all I get is the title. All you get is the title every month. When do we hear the whole album? And this once once it's over, I'll go through all sixty nine again and, re- and, um, and reiterate them. Record them all. Record them all. Yeah, yeah. But this month is the death of Frankenstein's the monster. And now you're talking about horror stuff. 
Yeah, I'll do the, I'll do the next one song. Yeah, yeah, that's what we've been doing one off, one on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Usually, give up and I do it for you because you're like, I'm being dismissive oh, about this. <laughs> I'm a real asshole. <laughs> yeah. Um, do I have any horror stuff to write? I don't think I do. No. Um, <laughs> oh, I do. Yeah. Um, I saw the Colorado Space. Ooh, that movie. That movie. How was it? Nicholas Cage. And uh, it's by Richard Stanley, who did Hardware and uh, Dust Devil. Um, it's good. Yeah. Excellent. It's uh, got crazy psychedelic colors. Nicholas Cage's performance is uh, insane. And uh, So I'm going to assume. So let's, let's not mince words. This is very much right on the heels of Mandy. It is not. Uh, it's running on the heels of Mandy in the sense that they put Nicolas Cage in another cool horror movie. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's, it's, it's not, not accidental. Movies, not movies not similar to Mandy. Right. but it, It's not really similar to Mandy at all. That's why, that's why I was asking, because I knew it's clearly going to, some people are going to put them together. Yeah. I, I can see what the, the link there is like. Psychedelic. Interesting horror movie. Yeah. Was, yeah, the colors, I guess, are similar, but the performance is way different. He's a lot more straightforward than Mandy, frankly. Like, like uh, Mandy has that freak out scene but he's a lot like there's not the performance is a lot smaller maybe, yeah in general like it's very very sort of staid performance right except for bits and pieces here and there in the color of the space his every line seems to have been written to give him the maximum sort of weirdness like there's a whole scene where he's milking a uh alpaca okay and i don't know if there's a scene that could have been more nicholas cage i'm not sure they could have like that scene has to be in the movie because Nicholas Cage are cast, right? You know what I mean? Like, there's no way they. There's if, no way that scene is just for like John Hamm or somebody. If there's, I think John Hamm can be a weird guy sometimes. Though. Yeah, John Hamm would be fine, but <laughs> John Hamm is also not Nicholas Cage. No, no. Who knows? Maybe in like twenty years he is. What's the deal? Also, Coke Evans starts buying tombs in New Orleans and things like Dinosaur Bones and Action Comics Number One and. Yeah, you, hey, you never know. That guy, he does a lot of like comedy stuff. Yeah, so there's always a chance that like his, his his dramatic career never lands again, and he just does weird stuff. But anyway, the color of the space is excellent. I do recommend it, um, especially just playing. I I kind of started in a shitty place. Um, a small screen is what I mean. This place is fine. I'm not gonna name it, but it's uh. We name it off off the air. I don't need to name it at all. Oh, I'm I'm kind of curious. <laughs> okay, but uh, okay, I'll say off the air, but um. I think it's definitely a movie that if you can see it on the big screen, it would be better. Okay. Maybe I'll, I'll try and spend, you know, quarter off this sometime to see it. Yeah, I don't know if it's playing anywhere. Uh, yeah, around here. Outside of like weird art house. Outside of a weird small theater. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm maybe lost. We, I mean, we saw Mandy in a decent sized theater. But Mandy was really playing in like Marsh, like, again, we're getting kind of the weeds of geography here, but it was Let's, like Marshfield or whatever. It's kind of like. <laughs> yeah, it was at a theater I'd never gone it was to. It a suburban movie theater. Yeah. I guess is the point. Like a sort of a random suburban movie theater where... Maybe just like the, the manager's like, I want to have Mandy in this theater. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the... Yeah, it must have been a chain that's not as popular as the other one. It, it definitely was a weird chain that I didn't know. Um, it was like... I don't even remember what it was called. Yeah, like not Showcase like, or Regal. Like or Gateway or something. Yeah. <laughs> some, some very... It has a very similar like duosyllabic name. Yeah. But you don't have anything hard to recommend? I don't think I've gone into anything hard. It doesn't hard. necessarily happen. If you want to recommend anything, 
at all. Even if you ever, uh, it doesn't have to be the last two weeks. It doesn't have to be on Earth. It could be anything at all, or it could be nothing. I don't know. I I don't recommend much stuff. Okay. I always feel weird recommending things. Just, I never, I never like to tell people to, to try things. I think it's just like very early on in life, I found it to be an insufferable habit. So yeah, I don't, I don't. So I, I've like I've avoided it my entire life for the most part. I try to only give thoughtful recommendations. Right. But. And I've and I've also learned over time that usually things I like the people around me do not like. That's also true. I say it's also true of me. I, I I recommend many less things than I did when I was probably like sixteen or whatever. So I was like, usually I like a lot of things, but I'm like I'm never going to recommend this because nobody around me is going to like this. So it's just kind of like. And I don't want to have to, you know, litigate something I like. After someone's like, oh, I don't like that. I think this thing sucked. I don't want to be like, I don't feel like defending that. I don't, I didn't make it. I don't care. I don't need you coming after me with your telling me something sucked. So what I'm hearing from Andrew is that he's recommending that you don't recommend things. Yeah, I'm recommending that you don't recommend things. Okay. I'm recommending that you either, either know people who are chill and can deal with not liking something mm-hmm. or... Waiting until people like the same thing as you think, oh, thank God, and being able to talk about it. <laughs> if there was a way for someone to not want to miss an episode. Oh, yes, that. What would be the way for them to do that? Um, subscribe to iTunes. Yeah, well, I was also, I Or was whatever thinking, podcast thing you like. The best thing would probably be the mailing list, perhaps on our website. Yeah. Where they get a, uh, a handcrafted email every month. Why well, write? have to write more stuff? I've been very busy this month. <laughs> Oh, we had a couple emails coming soon. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I, mean, I keep thinking I gotta write those. Um, ratings. Yes. Wouldn't recommend that you leave the good ones. Yeah, don't. Don't leave less than a five star rating. There's really no need. If you feel like less than five stars, about just go home anything, and undo just it. Don't, just don't, just, don't just care. run yourself in a light, warm bath and sit in it and relax. Go go talk about politics on the internet. Good idea. Yeah. Instead of leaving a five star, yes. instead of leaving a four or below. Yeah, no need. We're trending upward. Our views are trending upward. I love trending upward. It's my favorite so, direction to trend. And uh, as before, we will, if you, if you give us some of that horror flash fiction in the review, we'll read it on the show. and Dramatically, yeah. Whatever you want. Everyone needs a gimmick. Everyone needs a gimmick. Here's our gimmick. <laughs> Maybe you don't have to make it about it. <laughs> um, we also have a Facebook page. Yeah. And I have a Twitter at the Water Method. Andrew's at Pizza Pranks. Yeah. Andrew's website is Pizza Pizza P- Pizza Pranks. <laughs> pizza Pranks. One of these days will be PizzaPranks.com dot com again. Yeah, I mean it is still a website, I think. Right, but it's just like I, I think it just needs some work for yeah. it for it to be what I want needed to be. We need to do something with that comic. Yeah, the comic. I mean, the theme I gave you kind of hides the comic away. It doesn't delete it, but oh, okay, it off the. Uh, Oh, I haven't looked at it in a while, I think. Yeah. But uh, if you want to, we can always scrap that and start over. It's really not that complicated. Right. Um, we would just need to look at it. Yeah. Which, whatever. Ideally, to, like, together look at it and go, what's going on here? And, you know, we would look at that because I think I know a web designer, Wailing City. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Web. Yeah, WailingCityWeb.com. Yeah. If you have any uh, web designer development needs, check it out. And if you're listening to the podcast with your friends, I recommend engaging with on social media. Sure. Hashtag goldenagehorror.com podcast. You can. No one will stop you. 
Um, did you want to talk about any game mythology related? Oh, Indie Apocalypse? I have a name for it now? Yes. Let, let, why don't you give me, give me the I, elevator pitch? Indie Apocalypse. Have you ever heard of anthologies? Do you understand the concept of, of an anthology in the arts? No. So what it is is that different artists... That's like the study of humanity, right? ...produce short... That's anthropology. Oh, okay. Different artists produce short works or already have produced short works well, in the past. You eat, you're eating other people? Yes, yes. So um, you eat people. Anthropophagy. Yeah, anthropophagy. So you're eating people. And the people you know who are eating? The rich. <laughs> no. It is... Um, I feel like uh, anthologies where people submit. I think, I think they know what it is. People know anthologies. Everyone should know what anthology is. Yeah, it's people who produce short works or submit already created short works to a thing that pays them. Mm-hmm. And then they all get together and use the form of collective artistry to get your names out while also getting paid for things. Because it'd be hard to establish yourself when there are so many people. And. The the existence of a platform to publish on is not the same as having a platform. But that's a different thing that I could talk about. I'm not going to. Just save yourself the 25 minutes. <laughs> uh, like I said, Indiepocalypse is what it's calling. It's launching this year, ideally, at PAX East. Mm-hmm. Which is in February? At the end of February. Okay. Just because a friend of mine is has like a table there of all Massachusetts developers... I'm like, what if I just debut it there? Because there's a lot of, you know, a lot of gamers there. Even though that may not be my target audience. If it's not gamers, I don't know. Yeah. I I do better at, like, um, the Boston Hassle punk flea market. I do considerably better business at than, like, game shows. Just because people are there for, like, weird stuff. Mm. And they're there to buy stuff. Game shows, not so much. No, no. You don't buy stuff as much. You buy, you right. want to play the games. Right, that's the thing. And I've been like telling people just like, don't give away buttons, charge for them. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's, you got to decide what you're there for. If you're just trying to build a brand, then maybe just give away the buttons. You know what builds a brand? <laughs> money. Yeah, also. <laughs> Having money. Yeah. So you don't have to spend eight years doing something. Because you have to constantly do a million side jobs and are constantly like teetering on the brink of poverty. That's a cheery thought. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm trying to in- inject more money into it. I went to Mice, you know. And at Mice, they charge like $15 for like 15 page books. Yeah. <laughs> and people bought them gladly. Yeah, there's definitely uh, the, the zine. Of course, the zine market is also yeah. considerably smaller than the video game. Sure, sure, but there's also the culture exists to support it. Mm-hmm. That's it. I'm done here. <laughs> that's that's my pitch. I have indiepocalypse.com. dot com. It's so it's a good URL. They shouldn't go there yet. You don't go there yet. Right now, if you just go there, it's just submission page. Piece of Frank's they can get a, something there. Google form maybe. Wasn't there a Google form? There, there is. If you go to if you go to indiepocalypse dot com slash issue two, and you're not in Massachusetts, and you want to submit a game, you can go there. Okay. I think that's going to be my my theme for that one is going to be not going to GDC. GDC being the Game Developers Conference, which I think is a large scale game show that's largely a scam for indie developers to go to when it's really just a large scale industry trade show. Yeah. 
It is just like just as a traditional trade show, sure, but yeah, yeah. So I think I think you know less well to do India because Indies go there because nothing else exists when they really shouldn't be going there. Hmm. It's like way too much money. They don't pay speakers. It's well, that's garbage. It's a goddamn scam. That's a scam. It's basically a scam. Um. Well, our theme music is the Swan Lake dub by Dubology. Yeah. Um, I shouldn't produce... Wait, I'm getting... Practicing at the keyboard. I could make a theme song eventually. I can Swan Lake theme. I can... Swan Lake... How, how complicated is Swan Lake? Yeah, it's not too complicated, right? I'm sure I can learn to play it. I'm, I like I'm, I'm surprised, like, every day, like, how, like... It's an obvious statement, but it's surprising that if you practice something every day, you get better at it. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> it's Except, apparently, podcasting. Yes, there's thousands of hours by thousands of people, all in evidence of that point. Well, because if you want to just stop the recording, so we can talk about this broadly. Our website is www.com.